Good morning. I can't tell you how exhilarating it is to see so many smiling faces all on one screen. Yeah, some of you never look better, Tom and Art and everything with the masks on. Um, just want to briefly say I've been very pleased so far with how camp has gone, particularly given the circumstances that we're dealing with. And I think our coaching staff and our office staff have done a great job. And uh, I think we're excited about starting the season. Um, and uh, with that, uh, I'll take uh, I'll take your questions. Art. Hey, John. Good morning. Good morning. Um, just curious. I remember thinking back to January when you hired Joe Judge and the thoughts and the impressions that he made. Uh, what you've seen over the last three and a half weeks, ha has it confirmed what you thought? I know there are no games yet to be played, but what are your thinkings of your head coach right now? Yeah, I've been very pleased so far. I, the things that are noticeable to me are the, the the amount of teaching that goes on on the field. It's like nonstop. I think the intensity of the practices, uh, I think the communication um, that he has with the players, uh, you know, on football and non-football issues. And I, I've also been very, very impressed with the staff that he's put together. There's a lot of experience on that staff. Um, and I feel very confident that, that we're in a good place right now in terms of, you know, trying to uh, get these players to perform at, at, their, at their best. Is it anything compared to what you've seen uh, through your history here, watching training camps with the Giants that you think back to that gives you some flashbacks? Well, I, you know, every coach, every staff ha has its own unique personality, and their, and their own unique uh, methods. But, uh, you know, this, this combination of the intensity of the practices plus the amount of teaching that goes on and the com communication level uh, and the way the players seem to be buying into it, I, I just feel good about all that. I'm not going to compare them to anybody else, but, but um, so far I, I like what I see. But as you pointed out, we haven't played a game yet. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot, a lot left to see. But so far I think we're in a good place with, uh, with what they've done uh, with this team. Thank you. Tom Rock. Hey, John. Um, it seems like uh, the, um, Joe talks a lot about a long-term plan and a long-term process and, and a vision. Um, and, and I'm assuming that that's something that, that you've bought into. I'm wondering, though, if you, your general manager is on the same timeline in, in your mind in terms of, of having the patience. You talked about uh, at the end of last year about him having to, you know, improve his batting average and things like that. Yeah. Uh, are, are they sort of tied together in your mind? Well, I, I think, Tom, um, it's interesting you say that because that was one of the things that, it, that, that sold us on Joe was that he, he sees the big picture and he sees the long range picture. And, and that was something that was clear to us in the interview that we did uh, with him back in, in January. And he's only reinforced that since. But I think the communication between the two of them has been excellent. I think they are on the same page. Um, when they disagree about something, they talk it out and they come to a conclusion. And that's, that's all I can expect from them is that they're both reasonable. They talk it through and then they come to a, a decision. And at the end of that, it's the New York Giants decision. It's not either one of the, there. So, uh, so, so far I've been very pleased with that. In terms of a timeline, you know, they both want the same thing. They want to build a, a good foundation here and set us up to be able to compete for Super Bowls. And I, I, I think, I, I think we're off to a good start with, with this combination. And then uh, there was some speculation uh, I saw uh, 
given the current economic climate that uh, some people were, were wondering if uh, the Giants might be for sale. Is that, is that something that has ever entered your mind? No, no, it hasn't. We're in this for the long haul, Tom. Thank you. Bob Glauber. Hi, John. In terms of the social justice initiatives that Roger Goodell has supported very vocally and very strongly in recent weeks, um, what, what is your stand on that? I know you welcomed the start of the video that was played on Friday night. Um, but you've also expressed reservations in correspondences you've received over the years from fans, particularly during the time when players took a knee. So where, where, what is your stand? And, and is there any concern on your part that this might affect uh, the NFL in terms of its popularity? Well, I, I've never expressed any reservations about my feelings about that. My position back in 2017 is the same as, as it is now in terms of uh, I'll support any player's right uh, to, to, to engage in silent protests. And what makes it easy for me to do that is when I see how much work they're doing in the community and how important, um, you know, what is going on in this country right now is to each of them. And they back it up with actions, not just words. So my position now will be the same as it was back then. Um, in terms of the social justice um, uh, initiative. Uh, our players are, are very engaged in, in, in working in very in, in a lot of different areas. Um, they asked me to uh, to take part in that video uh, last week, and I was happy to do that. Uh, we had a great meeting, Joe and I, with them, uh, with our leadership group uh, last week to talk about uh, some of the things that we want to do in the future. And uh, you know, I'm going to support our players, um, particularly when they, you know, when they engage in the type of um, activity that they have been off the field. They've been, they've been fantastic about that. And uh, so I'm going to continue to support them. I understand the fact and accept the fact that that's not going to be necessarily popular with certain segments of our, of our fan base, but I think it's the right thing to do. Thank you. Dan Dougie. Hey, John, how are you? Good morning, Dan. Uh, to piggyback on Tom's question, um, you know, obviously this is an unprecedented offseason, a lot of challenges. It, are you going to factor that into your evaluations? I mean, more for Dave than Joe, but just the end of the season, is, is that going to be a big factor for you? Well, I think you have to certainly consider everything, yeah. And, um, uh, I, I've, you know, I think, I, I, I think this is the 60th training camp that I've been to in my lifetime, and I've never experienced anything like this uh, before. It's just a unique set of circumstances, but I'm very pleased with the way they have um, uh, dealt with it and the communication that's gone on. And, uh, you know, obviously I want to win some games, but I, I feel good about the direction that we're heading in right now. And I want to feel that way in January as well. But I have every reason to expect that I will. I mean, I know you're never going to give a win total, but what would qualify as a success? What you, need, <laughs> you said you want to see progress. I and mean, what do you need to see this year? Yeah, I, I just I want to feel like when we walk off the field after the last game that we play, whenever that is, that we're moving in the right direction, that that we have the pieces in place to compete for a Super Bowl, um, and that the the combination of of people that we have here is going to work going forward. That, that's what Steve and I need to feel like, and I think we give the same answer every year um, because that's truly what it is. You can't pin it to a certain. Uh, win-loss total, but you just want to feel like this group that we have together right now um, is building something that's going to compete for a championship. Thanks, John. Kim Jones. Hey, John. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Oh, good. Sometimes with me, it's a little bit of a... There are, there are a couple of people on here that I'd like to mute, but go ahead, Kim. 
Given the answer you just gave, and I certainly understand what you said and respect your reasoning, what would you say to the Giants fan who hears that and says, but my gosh, could we at least play competitive games in December? Can we at least make a run at the NFC East again? Well, that's certainly what we want to do, Kim. I I can't, you know, that's certainly what our goal is. Um, And and I'll be very disappointed if we're not uh, in that situation. But um, I, I can't sit here and say we have to win a certain number of games otherwise I'm going to blow the whole thing up uh, again I think Steve and I agree that we, we just we, we need to feel like we're building something that's going to compete for a championship and I think yeah if we're able to play meaningful games in December that would be a obviously a, a sign that we are doing that thank you John Tom Kahneman hi John how are you good morning Tom good um Piggyback on on Bobby's question about social justice. I mean, you've been one of the more moderate owners. Have you, when you looked and talked to other owners around the league, felt them changing and coming more towards your stance? I think that's a fair statement, Tom. I think there's been more of an acceptance of the fact that, um, you know, players have the right to engage in, in, you know, peaceful protest. And and I I, I think there has been a, a change over the last three or four years, especially given what's gone on in this country. I can't say that everybody feels that way, but I definitely have felt uh, things moving in that direction. Yes. Thank you. Brian Dunleavy. John, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thanks for doing this. Uh, The COVID-19 pandemic, I can't believe we haven't gotten there yet. Uh, How did you... How confident are you that the NFL will play all 256 of its games here without interruption as you see what's gone on around the rest of the league? And are you more confident now than you were maybe in March or April? Yeah, I would say, Ryan, I I mean, I don't know about all 256 games or whatever it is, but I am definitely more confident now than I was. If you had asked me in March or April, I would have had serious doubts about that. But given the way the protocols have worked so far and given the very low rate of positive tests, I think we've got a good chance to play a full season. Obviously, there are going to be some uh, setbacks during the season that we'll have to deal with, but I think we have the the protocols and the process in place that we'll be able to deal with it. If it means postponing a game here or there or, or making it up, I think we'll be able to do that. But, you know, time will tell. But right now, I think the players and the staffs have done a great job of, uh, you know, being responsible. Uh, and as I said, our testing results so far have been uh, terrific. I I never would have believed that we would have had uh, so few positive tests, and I hope I'm not jinxing it by saying that, but it's worked very well so far. And on the social justice questions, I I forgive me if this was addressed, but uh, the anthem, you said you support guys in their their causes, in their community work. Will you support guys who kneel during the anthem? Yes, I mean, we'll probably talk about that with the players. you know, possibly sometime during the week, but if, at, you know, I'll say the same thing to them that I said to the group in 17, and that is, you know, my preference is that everybody stand, but um, if you decide that in your conscience that um, uh, you think taking a knee is the right thing to do, I'm going to support your right to do that because I believe in the First Amendment and I believe in the right of, of people, including and especially players, uh, uh to, to take a knee in silent protest if that's what they want to do. I know you say you don't want to compare coaches, which is understandable, but you did in the early days of the Tom Coughlin era, you lived through a coach who 
had a lot of rules, seemed strict, practices were hard, and it didn't work out right away with the players. They didn't like it. Why do you think that this time is different with a similar coach? Well, I would say they ended up working out pretty well in the Tom Coughlin uh, era. I mean, it was his second year we were in the playoffs there. So I, I think um, I think the players have bought into this so far. I don't see any indication that they haven't. And I think that the combination of the intensity, the discipline, plus the teaching that's going on, I think is going to pay off for us in the long run. And it's a fairly young team. So a lot of those guys don't know any better. You know, they were through tough programs in college, and I don't think this is any great shock to their assistants. Is this the kind of coaching you like to see, um, you know, toughness, discipline, that type of thing? You know, Ralph, I, there's not any one style that, that, that works. Every coach has his own style. I just want to see results at the end of the day. You know, I, I, I do think that what, what Joe has done so far has been uh, something that gives me some confidence that we're, that we're moving in the right direction. But at the end of the day, it's going to be about wins and losses. Thank you. Zach? Hey, John. Um, you guys had a couple of players uh, that were arrested this offseason. I know you've since released one of them. DeAndre is still on the commissioner's exempt list. But I'm just curious, like, how involved you get when things like that happen and, uh, and kind of what your feelings are about it. Particularly DeAndre's case was pretty alarming. He's still kind of hanging around the roster. So just curious what your thoughts were. Well, I mean, it's obviously very disappointing when that happens. Um, we certainly did not see that coming. Um, and, you know, a decision will be made in, in, you know, sooner rather than later. Uh, on that. And, you know, Aldrich was, uh, that was disappointing too, because he had, uh, you know, we knew he hadn't had an issue uh, with a previous DUI before, but seemed to be doing well, had a Pro Bowl year uh, a couple of years ago. And, you know, it was just a good person. And it was very disappointing to see that happen. Um, the DeAndre thing uh, was, was a shock. I mean, there was no indication coming out of college. I mean, we, you know, I'm, I listen very closely in those draft meetings when they talk about uh, players and, and their backgrounds and whatnot, and particularly when you're talking about a first-round player. And um, There was no indication that, that we should be concerned about any criminal activity, so th that was a big disappointment. Thanks, John. Jonathan Jones. Hey, John. Uh, I'm curious, following up on, on Bob's earlier question in social justice, uh, you know, you focused a lot in your response on what uh, the players are doing and your participation in the video, your support of the players. My question is, Troy Vincent, earlier this week, he had talked about uh, in speaking with players, their want for the league and for influential and wealthy owners to use their political leverage to sort of hold accountable um, you know, those officers who, who misstep. And I, I'm curious, what have you learned in listening to your black players, staff, fans over the last few months and outside of your vocal support for uh, players and their First Amendment rights? Are there any further actions you uh, as an individual plan to take? Yeah, I think, and, and this is something I think that we're going to do on a league-wide basis. I, I think we, we one of the things we would like to do is get uh, our players in front of uh, some of our local political leaders, be it you know, the governor, uh, the mayor, um, you know, maybe the police chief, just to talk about what steps are being taken uh, going forward to affect some sort of change. But I, I will tell you this, that one of the most memorable uh, team meetings that I've ever been involved with took place, I guess, right after the, the, the George Floyd murder. And when uh, we had a Zoom call with the players, and, and I listened to players talk about their own experiences 
growing up, um, you know, dealing with law enforcement and whatnot. And to see the raw emotion that came out um, of them. Um, and guys got very, very emotional talking about it. It was something that really was an eye opener for me. And, um, uh, and then to see how they've reacted since then and all the work that they've put in uh, in their communities and in our local community here uh, has been really gratifying. I think it's, it makes it easy to want to support them uh, going forward. George? Hey, John. Uh, how optimistic are you that you might get fans into the stadium at some point this year? And what's your uh, thought process on, you know, you go to Dallas and they'll have fans there, and it really depends on the team in the area of the country of whether they're going to have fans in the stadium. Yeah, Jordan, we're not, I mean, we're not going to have fans certainly in September. And uh, I'm hopeful that at some point we could have them back in. But I have to say I'm not, I'm not all that optimistic about that. Um, in terms of there being fans in other buildings where we go, that's just the way it's going to be. I, I, we had a league meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I, I think I made the statement that we just have to accept the fact that this is not going to be that this is going to be an unusual year. It's not necessarily going to be competitively fair uh, in the sense that some teams are going to have fans in the building, some teams are not. That's just the way it is, and we just have to deal with it. Um, certain areas of the country are going to be a little more liberal about letting people in the building. Um, and that's just something we're going to have to accept and move forward. And a follow-up on a previous thing. You talked about, you know, you want to see progress, right? You just want to see the team move forward. Your fans, I'm sure a bunch of them will say, well, we've waited already X number of years. At what point do we need, you know, do you need to see wins? I, I get that. And I hear that. Believe me, I hear that in the correspondence I get from them. But again, it's pretty hard to sit here and say, you know, we've got to win X number of games. We've got to be in the playoffs this year. I mean, we've made a, some big changes over the last few years, um, but I think we're starting to build a foundation that can that can last over the long haul. And, and that's what Steve and I want to see at the end of the year. Are we moving in the right direction? Jordan, I know that's not going to satisfy uh, a, a lot of our fans, but I just think it's the right philosophy to have. Pat Leonard. Hey, John. Uh, the DeAndre Baker and Aldrich Rosa situations, how do those situations in your mind impact your evaluation of Dave Gettleman, if at all? And um, I'll let you answer that. I have a competitive uh, advantage question, too. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Pat, I mean, first of all, the Aldrich thing, I think we, if I'm not mistaken, we acquired him before Dave uh, was here. And, you know, uh, and that, that can happen on any team. You know, the DeAndre Baker thing was just was something we did not see coming. Um, I know there, I've read some, uh, uh, some stories saying there were red flags about him, but not, not in the sense that, that you would be concerned about criminal uh, conduct at all. And obviously it's something that's uh, embarrassing to the organization. It's just something we're going to have to deal with. It happens from time to time. Uh, fortunately, you know, 99.9% .9 of our players are good citizens. And, and uh, this was one that just, um, uh, you know, we didn't see coming and uh, it's something we're going to have to deal with. And then on the competitive advantage side, uh, how do you feel about two things? The concept of a potential playoff bubble, I know that's been floated. And then also the idea of an uneven record. So you, you could win more games than the Dallas Cowboys, but they have a higher percentage of wins of games they've played because you didn't get all of your games. In. Yeah, that's something. You know, we've had discussions about that, Pat. And I, I know that the, the committee that has been put together to advise the commissioner 
is going to weigh in on that. And, it, you know, if that's the case, then, then so be it. As I just said a little while ago, we have to accept the fact that this is an unusual year. It's not necessarily going to be competitively fair 100% uh, of the time. And we're just going to have to do the best we can. And there could be a situation where you play more games than somebody else. And maybe you win more games, but your winning percentage isn't as isn't as high and it's just something we're going to have to accept. They may not like it when it happens, but uh, we're dealing with such unusual circumstances. We just have to be reasonable about it. Thanks. In terms of the playoff bubble, um, I think that's something that we'll continue to have discussions with uh, our medical people and certainly with the NFL PA uh, going forward. I mean, we went through months of discussions with the PA over the protocols and I think we came to a good place um, and we'll continue to have discussions going forward with them. That, the communication there has been very good. And as I said, I think we're in a good place right now, and hopefully we'll try to maintain that. Thanks. We have time for three more. Uh, Matt Lombardo. Hey, John. Hope you and the family are well. Thank you, Matt. You too. Um, thanks. Um, I'm curious, when you look across the league in the last week or so, there's been some talk about, whole teams or maybe even individual players boycotting a game or sitting out a game. Some teams have, you know, skipped practice out of the social justice protest. Just your thoughts on, on those things going on and your reaction if any of your players would come to you and say that that was something that they wanted to do. Well, yeah, I don't want to get into hypotheticals about that. I mean, I think the important thing for us is, and Joe is, has been great at this is that we continue to communicate with the players. We continue to listen to them. Um, and we try to get on the same page in terms of what message we want to be sending uh, to our fans and to the community uh, at large. So uh, I think that's what we're going to continue to do and continue to focus on uh, and not worry about, you know, hypotheticals about what might occur in the future. I just think it, it, it probably is the wrong thing to do at this point in time, but so far our communication with our players have been great. Uh, they know that we support them, and we're going to continue to do that. Thanks. Daryl Slater. Just a quick follow-up, John, on what you mentioned and then what I was going to ask. You said you mentioned it's the wrong thing to do. Were you referring to speaking in hypotheticals about this situation or about players boycotting? Well, just I don't want to get into hypotheticals about when the next incident happens or are you going to be concerned about if players go to boycott. I, I just – you know, we'll continue to have communications with our players. I'm not going to worry about that. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's useless to do that. I think the important thing is that we, we just continue to listen to them and talk to them and, uh, and try to make a, a meaningful impact in our communities, which I think they've done a great job with uh, so far. And that's what our focus is going to be going okay. forward. Yeah, that just caught my ear at the end. What I was going to ask you is, uh, unrelated to that, what's your confidence level? I mean, a lot of people look at Daniel Jones and say, hey, the jury's still out. Um, what's your confidence level that this guy will be your franchise quarterback long-term and what do you need to see from him uh, this year? Yeah, I feel good about him right now. The amount of work he's put in, the way he's looked at camp. Uh, I'd like to see him take the next step uh, this year. I'm confident that he will do that. I, I, uh, the thing that is, is gratifying to me is I know our coaching staff is very high on him right now. You know, guys that have been around successful quarterbacks in the past. Um, and they think that he has what it takes to get us to the next level. Um, and every indication so far is that, uh, that he does have what, it's take, what it takes. And I feel good about where Daniel is right now. Obviously, we want to see him move to the next level. But I think, I think he did a good job last year. Obviously, he had the issue with the turnovers. But 
he showed a lot of grit and a lot of promise, made a lot of big plays. And I think with the right supporting cast around him, I think the sky's the limit for him. Thanks. Last question here, Chris. Hey, John, how you doing? Chris, how are you? Good. John, you always are a guy that's very much in touch with the fans, cared deeply about them. So this has got to be killing you that there's no fans in the stadium this year, maybe for the whole eight home games. So I'm curious, John, have you been on the phone a little extra with Phil Murphy, the governor, saying, hey, we could do this in October, we could do this in November? You know, I've had a couple of conversations with the governor, and, and we're very supportive of what he's been doing so far. The, the most important thing is, is health and safety, you know, of, of you know, our, our players and our staff and the fans entering the building. So if we get to a point, you know, where, where the state uh, believes that we can do this safely, uh, then we'll consider uh, letting fans in the building. But I'm not sure that we're at that point right now. So I think we've just got to be supportive of what the governor is trying to do. And, and that, that's what our position is. And, Joe, just to follow up, like you just said, this is like your 60-year training camp. This offseason, has this been the most difficult as far as, you know, the COVID and social arrest? Has this been the most difficult offseason you've seen? Yeah, I would say so. I, I would say so. I mean, the number of issues that we have. You know, we just got – you know, we, I, I spent about over a year – in negotiations for a, a new CBA, we're able to get that done um, in March, and then the pandemic hits, and then we jump right back into you know negotiations to try to make sure that we can have a training camp and have a season. Uh, we were able to get that done. Then you have a new coaching staff in here, and they have no off-season on-field uh, work at all. It's all virtual. Um, it, it was a, it was a difficult a difficult off-season, but. You know, if you if you had told me back then that we'd be where we are right now about to start the season, I would have been very pleased uh, with that. I think we've managed it uh, very well.